0: Villa's Grace Church, building relationships that make followers of Jesus. Know, grow, go, to know him, to grow in him, to go with him. Allow us to bow in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we are so grateful for just the work that we see you doing, especially as it reaches far beyond our Villa's Community to have the Russells here this morning. What an encouragement. What an encouragement for, for us to see that you are working in ways that are far reaching than what our eyes can see. Thank you for their work, the Russell family, as they continue to share the gospel with the Itai people, other Yatai people in the Philippines. Lord, I just pray as we continue as a church, I pray that we can do the same here in our community. I pray that we can encourage one another in your good news, your good news of salvation, our only hope. And we pray all of these things because Jesus Christ has made it possible in his name. Amen. We continue in our series testing our assurance, and we keep on reminding one another I know that you're hearing it from the pulpit, but we cannot forget. We cannot forget that we cannot lose our salvation. Once we come to a saving faith in Jesus Christ, we are sealed until the day Jesus Christ himself comes back by his Holy Spirit. In fact, the Bible tells us that we're sealed until the day of redemption. And that gives us confidence. That gives us the confidence to go out and share the good news with others. Because we're not worried about whether or not we're saved. We're confident in our salvation. We're assured of our salvation, so therefore we can share this good news. And speaking of sharing a message or having a message where people actually listen, sometimes in the court of law, many criminal convictions have happened Because there's somebody that comes with a message or with a testimony or comes as a witness. Now, I'm referring to an expert witness. What is an expert witness? An expert witness is somebody whose testimony is validated by their special knowledge or their proficiency within a particular topic or subject matter or just... About something where they are the expert on that particular in-the-know subject. Who you're looking at here is Henry Lee. Henry Lee is just that, he is an expert witness. In fact, Lee is considered the world's leading authority on forensic science. He founded the Henry C. Lee Institute of Forensic Sciences. Lee even has his own TV show on the True TV network and it's titled this The Case Files of Dr. Henry Lee. The show is centered around his work on many high profile, many high profile cases. See, Lee's expert witness, his testimony in some of these cases that I'm going to mention, maybe you've heard of, the John Bene Ramsey investigation. He was an expert witness. He was an expert witness in the O.J. Simpson trial. Now, there are many others that he's been involved in, and you would listen to these two that I mentioned and say, well, I'm not so sure about him being an expert witness based upon the outcome of the trial. Now, we're not going to go there, and I'm not going to tip my hand to let you think that I think something about one of these cases, but the point being is this. And especially in the O.J. Simpson trial, see, he determined that blood found on a sock in O.J. Simpson's bedroom, which went unnoticed for like two to three months after OJ was first arrested he determined that that blood splatter could have only happened if the sock was laying flat so therefore it didn't happen when somebody was actually at the scene of the crime but what happened as an expert witness in the courtroom man took man Henry Lee being a man man took man's word for it and we do that don't we we take other people's word as gold in certain situations. However, what if we took the testimony of God with the exact same vigor? If we're willing to allow another man. To tell us their expert opinion on a particular subject matter. What does that say about us as we take God's word for it? Could you imagine what this world would look like if we all upheld God's testimony? God's witness the same as what we do of that of man? Think about this if you know God's witness testimony about who Jesus is, if you know that Jesus Christ is who God says he is, then you know what you become yourself. Now, you may not get a TV show on the true network, but you become an expert witness yourself. And as believers in Jesus Christ, that's exactly what we are. Those who are assured of their salvation have the opportunity to be expert witnesses of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We have the opportunity to proclaim what God has testified himself. And this brings us to the title of our sermon this morning. The title for today's sermon is this, The Truths. Testimony, the truth's testimony. And this morning we're going to be in 1 John chapter 5, verses 6 through 12. Last week we learned that we can overcome this world, we can defeat this world, we can look at this world as being defeated, we can defeat the demonic evil system of this world through our faith in Jesus. And we recognize that the consequences of our sin harbors distress. However, we learn that when we obey God's commands, we experience a stress-free existence. Now, I'm not saying that we experience an easy-come-easy-go existence. But we can experience a stress free existence from the consequences of sin because that's exactly where God's commands leads each and every time. So coming off the heels of that from last week, which was 1 John chapter 5 verses 1 through 5, we're going to now read 1 John chapter 5 verses 6 through 12. When we look at these verses this morning, we can sum these six verses into this one sentence. And this is precisely what we're summarizing these verses into. We're saying this, God and the Holy Spirit testify that Jesus is God in human flesh. God and the Holy Spirit testify that Jesus is God in human flesh human flesh. Now, since we know that that is true, because that's what God's word tells us, we need to ask this question. Why is this testimony so significant? What is so significant about this testimony? See, this testimony is significant for this reason. It's because eternal life is only found In Jesus. Eternal life is only found in Jesus. See, both God and the Holy Spirit witness the baptism of Jesus. And we see this from Matthew chapter 3, verses 16 and 17. I'm just going to read these two verses for you, but listen as I read these verses. And, and, and think about that statement, the statement that both God and the Holy Spirit witnessed the baptism of Jesus. This is the gospel according to Matthew. God's word tells us this. And when Jesus was baptized, immediately he went up from the water and behold, the heavens were opened to him and he saw the spirit of God descending like a dove and coming to rest on him. And behold, a voice from heaven said, this is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. All three persons of the Holy Trinity are referenced in these two verses. Thus begins The ministry of Jesus Christ. And this is very important as we look at this text this morning. So let's go back and take a look at verses 6 through 9. This is he who came by water and by blood, Jesus Christ. Not by the water only, but by the water and the blood and the Spirit is the one who testifies because the Spirit is the truth. For there are three that testify. The Spirit and the water and the blood. And these three agree. If we receive the testimony of men, the testimony of God is greater for this is the testimony of God that He has borne concerning His Son. When we look at verse 6, we understand that there are two truths, two external truths. And that's what we're going to be looking at this morning. We're going to be looking at two external truths and we're going to be looking at A few internal truths. But there's two external truths found in verse 6. One is Jesus who died on the cross is the same Jesus who was baptized in the Jordan River. Now some of you are saying, well, duh. I get it. Okay? I understand. But this is why John writes this. He writes this for a reason. He says, not by the water only, but by the water and the blood. Do you know why this is so important? And the reason why we can't just say, well, duh. It's so important because of this thing called dualism. It's a heretical teaching. Now, some of you are asking yourself right now, what is dualism? What is this dualism? See, what John's referring to here is the teaching that the spiritual being of Jesus only came upon him on his baptism and left him before he died upon the cross. That's a heretical teaching. The Spirit of Jesus did not come upon him at his baptism and then leave him before he died on the cross. Church, this is not truth. So, how do we know that this is not truth? Well, what does it say in verses 7 and and 8? It says, For there are three that testify, the Spirit and the water and the blood, and these three agree. There's a biblical principle in establishing truth. See, in Deuteronomy, we understand that two or three witnesses are needed To verify a truth. So in verse 7 we have three witnesses that are testifying. God is backing up his testimony with his word. With what he's already established. He's backing up what he's saying about Jesus Christ. He's saying in verse 7 that we have three witnesses. And we know that because it says the spirit and the water and the blood. So let's pause and ask this question. Which is a fair question to ask at this point. What are these three witnesses testifying? We know what what our main point is of this sermon. If we break down all these verses and put them into one sentence, we know what that main point is, but what are these three witnesses testifying? Precisely that, that Jesus is God in human flesh. In Matthew 3, Jesus is baptized by John the Baptist. What happened at the conclusion of Jesus in his baptism? After Jesus was baptized, what happened immediately? See, we know that he was baptized and then led to be tempted by Satan in the wilderness. But right before that, what happened? What does God's word tell us? God's word tells us this. And behold, a voice from heaven said, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well please therefore we already have the testimony of who god says jesus is he is him he is god in human form now how about the water and the blood that is mentioned the water clearly is jesus in his baptism which marks the beginning of His ministry. The blood is His crucifixion, which marks His victory over death. This is the testimony of the Spirit. Jesus could only achieve all that He achieved from the beginning of His ministry to the end of His ministry through His relationship with the Holy Spirit. Jesus and His body of work is really the Holy Spirit's testimony of who Jesus is is. Church, Jesus is not a regular man who just so happened to have the spirit of Jesus come upon him. He is God who left heaven, stepped from outside of time and space to inside time and space to live and to experience life within a sinful world in order to save you from that sin. So, just when you think he doesn't understand, when you assume he's some distant deity who's out of touch with reality, remember that he went before you. He walked a path you could never walk on your own in order to have a relationship with you. Just like he does with the Father, and the Holy Spirit. So, as I stand before you as an expert witness as to who Jesus Christ, the Messiah, is, how much more will you accept God's testimony as to who Jesus is in verses 6 through 8? I can stand before you as an expert witness because of what God has said about Jesus. I can stand before you as an expert witness saying, He is the only way. No amount of Sunday school, no amount of attending church, no amount of being baptized any such way, especially as an infant will get you saved. Just because your grandma was saved, just because your parents were saved or went to church doesn't mean that you're saved. Just because you show up here every Sunday doesn't mean that you're saved. You are saved because your own individual, personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Why? How? Because of who he is, God in human flesh. Because only God in human flesh could offer such a relationship. So if you know that that is true, if you are in a relationship with him, you can be an expert witness yourself. You can stand before others in your life as you live your life as an expert witness, which is why John is writing what he's writing here in verse 9. And what does John say? He says this. If we receive the testimony of men, the testimony of God is greater. For this is the testimony of God that he has borne concerning His Son. Church, it's a sinful act not to trust God's Word. People will trust the Word of fellow man, but not the testimony of God. This world is overpopulated with such people. You know that your eternal life depends on Jesus being God in human flesh. You know that that is true. You know that your eternal life cannot happen unless God himself saved you as Jesus. Therefore, Jesus is God in human flesh. You know that that would never happen. You have no hope of a future without that truth. So then the question becomes, so what have you done? The question becomes, what are you doing to reach the people with this good news? Does your personal expert witness testimony about who Jesus is reflect our main idea for these six verses? Does it reflect the statement that God and the Holy Spirit testify that Jesus is God in human flesh? what you are filling out, the blanks on your bulletin this morning, that statement? Does the way in which you carry yourself, conduct yourself, speak, say that God and the Holy Spirit testify that Jesus is God in human flesh? That's why we're asking this question. Why is this testimony so significant? It's significant because eternal life is only found in Jesus. It's not found in you. It's not found in somebody else that you know. It's only found in God himself. I know we've said this before. You've said this before, especially when you're younger. You'll say, liar, liar, pants on fire. But what if this statement here were true? How much happier would life be if a liar's pants really did catch on fire? Wouldn't that make your life a lot easier? Because I know that you have people in your life, you're thinking in your head, liar, liar, pants on fire when they say something. But if their pants actually did catch on fire the minute they lied, the proof would be in the pudding. No pun intended. That's a Pastor Jared joke. Who's the father of all lies? Well, I guess his pants really will catch fire, won't they, someday? The question is, beyond that, beyond Satan being the father of all lies and knowing that truth, think about this. Think about this in your life. Who else is the liar? Who is it that you know personally in your life that's a liar? Now, I'm not talking about white lies that you may tell every once in a while. But think about that as we break does not have life. See, anyone who does not believe that Jesus is God in human flesh will one day have their pants set on fire. And this is why John writes in verse 10 he says, Whoever does not believe God has made him a liar. I don't know about you, but I don't want to be guilty of calling God a liar. Church, we mentioned earlier that Jesus walked a path that we could never walk on our own. And this is why the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 2, For it is by grace that you've been saved through faith, not by works, so no man can boast. See, God has given us the gift of faith. The gift of faith in Jesus so that we can receive eternal, everlasting life. Think about all of those that you know. Think about all those that you know in your life personally. It may be a coworker, it may be a friend, it may be a family member. It may even be somebody here that attends Villa's Grace Church who's calling God a liar, liar pants on fire. Where do you think they think life leads? What is their hope beyond death? See, their creator and sustainer has given his testimony, his witness testimony, his expert testimony, but they'd rather cross their fingers and wish for luck. I don't know about you, but I don't believe in luck. If you're crossing your fingers and wishing for luck, You're really just calling God a liar, liar, pants on fire. Church, this is the only sin that is too big for the cross. Now, I know you've heard me say before, there is no sin that's too big for the cross. That's almost true. To call God a liar, liar, pants on fire, that is the only sin that is too big for the cross. Do you know why? Jesus can't forgive those who deny who he is. Jesus says this in the Gospel of Matthew, the Gospel of Mark, and the Gospel of Luke. This is what Jesus says. He says, whoever blasphemies Against the Holy Spirit never has forgiveness. Whoever says the Holy Spirit is a liar. Whoever says, I don't care if God and the Holy Spirit himself say that Jesus is God in human flesh. Liar, liar, pants on fire. There is no forgiveness from that. Don't deny the witness testimony of both God and his Holy Spirit. Because no amount of crossing your fingers, no amount of wishing for luck will get you out of actually having your pants be set ablaze on fire. Church, let's face facts. Let's face some facts this morning. Let's not just sit down, sing a few songs, Hear a sermon. Let's face facts. This is some of us here today. This is some of us here today. Some of us need to accept God's witness testimony, others of us just need to stop playing games at the church. As I call Mike up, I want to talk to you about the assurance of salvation. Our final two verses verify just that the assurance of our salvation. And we're getting towards the end of 1 John. We have two Sundays left as we close out this excellent epistle. These verses are excellent to memorize verses 11 and 12. And before we go over these verses, the question for you is this. Do you have life? John concludes his thoughts by reminding us of God's testimony. So be reminded of God's testimony of who Jesus is as we read these last two verses. Verses 11 and 12 say this. And this is the testimony that God has given us eternal life. And this life is in his Son. Whoever has the Son has life. Whoever does not have the Son of God does not have life. When you have the Son, you do not cross your fingers and wish for luck. Why? Because you know that God has given you eternal life. Now see, I'm about ready to do something and I'm pretty sure nobody's going to take me up on this offer, but I, I beg you, to prove me wrong. What I'm about ready to do, I'm pretty sure nobody's going to accept, but please, prove me wrong. And I know some of you want to accept the offer that I'm about ready to make you, but you'd rather be spared the embarrassment. going to take a moment to pray silently and while I'm praying I'd like to invite anyone to come forward who just realized today that they've been calling God a liar and today begin to become an expert witness as to the testimony of God and who he has said that Jesus is is a person within the Trinity who is God Himself in human form who left heaven, left heaven outside of time and space to come inside time and space to save humanity from their sinfulness. So as I pray, if you want to come up this morning and be prayed for, I ask you to come up. Prove me wrong. I already assume nobody's gonna come up, but I don't assume that everybody in this room is saved. That would be a mistake. As we move forward as a church, we will not be founded on transfer growth. This church will not grow by taking other people from other churches. Our church will grow because we are seeing conversion growth. We are seeing new people come to know the Lord for the first time. And if that doesn't start with us inwardly, it will never start outwardly. Church, we are encouraged knowing that God and the Holy Spirit testify that Jesus is God in human flesh we are encouraged by that. Which begs us to ask the question, why is this testimony so significant? Because it's the only testimony that actually matters forever. Not just 5, 10, 15, 20 years, 100 years, 1,000 years, a million years, forever. It's significant because eternal life is only founded in Jesus. Jesus. And we want to be a church that represents just that. We want to be used by the Lord to share that message with those who the Lord brings into our lives. Allow us to pray. Heavenly Father, as we leave here today, I pray that we can be encouraged personally and who you are and what that means, the power of the name of Jesus. And I also pray that we can be encouraged to share that truth with others in order for people who do not know you to come, in a, come to a saving faith in you. You're the way, the truth, and the life, and nobody comes to the Father except through you. And we pray all of this in your name, Jesus' name. Thank you for joining us today. For more information, look us up on our website, www.villasgrace.com, or drop us a line via email, connect at villasgrace.com.